business and bourbon. I don't fit in boxes all that well, man. Mm-hmm. The Italian tomato <laughs> magnet. So this podcast is going to go way it's off just left. Right. Okay. Okay. Throwing people straight up and just good luck on your way back. <laughs> if it's not interesting, lie. I was laid off six weeks before my wedding. We may not be able to go on our honeymoon because I don't have a job. And then it was immediately successful, right? Next day, you got a contract for a million bucks, Exactly. Right? We could talk about that one for hours. Tell the truth. You remember that one? <laughs> 100% part of the formula. You can't make cookies without flour. Well, I guess you can. Those are paleo cookies, right? But paleo cookies just aren't as good <laughs> as normal cookies. Patience with your growth story, but impatience with the noise in your life. Bye, 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 bye. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. My name is Ronnell Richards, and I am the creator and your host. You know, there are many of you out there right now that are listening to this podcast that maybe haven't taken that dive into entrepreneurship quite yet, right? You haven't jumped all the way into the pool, but you're putting that energy out there. You know, maybe you, you hate your job, maybe you hate what it is that you do, and you're just sitting back, just hoping and wishing for that opportunity to jump into that entrepreneurship pool, waiting for the right opportunity, waiting for that right time, waiting for your kids to be grown enough, waiting for, waiting for, waiting for whatever it is, right? There's always a bunch of reasons. Well, what happens when you get that opportunity and you're not expecting it? You know, the funny thing is the universe has a weird way of giving us exactly what we want, but not necessarily when we want it, because the time frame that the universe has is not necessarily the time frame that we have. So, you know, I invited Tim Visconti onto the podcast this week. Just like many of you, you know, he had a great job killing it, making some fantastic money, but not happy and wanting to be an entrepreneur, but not necessarily having the situation be just right. Like a lot of you out there, a lot of you are waiting for just that right timing, just when the stars align to say, okay, now it's time for me to go. Well, the universe pushed him into it. He lost his job and this happened a mere six weeks before he was about to get married. So he had to make a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to go ahead and pursue my passion and my dream? Or am I going to going to jump back in to the rat race? Well, he made that decision to jump into the pool and pursue that passion. So we sat down, we talked about that, and we talked about the challenges that have come with that and what he's learned along the way. It's a really great episode, I think, that a lot of you are going to enjoy. A lot of you that are sitting there just dipping your toe in the pool, but not necessarily ready to jump in yet. I think it'll be really inspiring for you. So with that said, it's time to go. You know how we do, folks. So I need you to go ahead and grab that glass, grab that cup, grab that mug, whatever it is that you like to drink out of. I want you to pour your very favorite beverage in there. Come have a seat down next to Tim and I as we sit and discuss business and life and enjoy a little business and bourbon. Welcome back to Business and Bourbon, where we have real talk with real people. You are live and direct with Ronnell Richards, once again in the heart of Atlanta, King and Duke Bar and Restaurant in the Buckhead District. Beautiful, still, what is it? It's September now. Yeah, it's September. It's pretty hot here in Atlanta, but 
man, we've got some awesome falls. If you guys get the chance to visit and uh, during the fall, you will love it. It's beautiful. Temperatures mostly great. We're, we're through the hot times. So, hey, I want to introduce my, my next guest. But before I do, I want to let you guys know something. I asked this guy right before we went on air. I said, hey, look, what are you, is there anything that you're uncomfortable talking about? Is there anything that you don't want to talk about? He said, no, let's go. It's business and bourbon. I know how you get down. Let's rock. And so with no further ado, those are the type of guests we bring to you. Tim, what's going on? How you doing? Good to be here. Tim with the cool Italian last name, Visconti. I love that name. It's, a, it's definitely very Italian. Definitely has a lot more value in Italy than it yeah. does here. Oh, yeah? Yeah. There's tomatoes, clothing line, wine vineyards. And do you own any of not, them? No? Not a dime. Damn it. So when I was, yeah, exactly. When I was I thought I was Italy. getting that Visconti. Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> wrong one. Should we rebook on this one or should we just enjoy the we drink? We might need to, too. <laughs> no, all jokes aside, um, very stoked to have you on the podcast today. And before we get started, mm-hmm. we're going to first start, we're going to clink it up here. Salud. Cheers, my friend. Salud. I can't even say that sounding cool. I'm, I'm just, I sound like a doofus when I say that. <laughs> you have to be Italian to say that right. What are you drinking? I am drinking a old fashioned. You can never go wrong. Exactly. With that. Standard. I was, I was actually, I over was overthinking which drink to have here because I didn't know the level that I would have to rise That's up to. That's easy to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and by the end of it, it was like, what do you drink on a Saturday night when you're trying to relax? An old-fashioned right yes. there. So, okay, I am drinking. Oh, my God, they're going to kill me. Clark, I'm sorry. Clark is the beverage manager here in all things. Matter of fact, he's been a guest on the show. Amazing, dude. All things spirits, he knows. And so they have crafted me this delicious beverage, and I don't know what it's <laughs> called, but it has CBD oil in it. Really? Yes, it's got CBD oil. It's got some apple cider, boiled apple cider vinegar, vinegar, um, Green Berjou, ginger beer. Bottom line is it's got weed in it. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast is gonna go way it's off. Just left okay. <laughs> there's no I think there's no THC in yeah, it because you, you know yeah. it's it's Georgia and so no it's it's got C B D oil, so I guess that's gonna I don't know what it's gonna do. That's that's the cure all for everything now, right? You know, it's the fastest growing industries out there. I tell you, you know. My wife has her own businesses. She has her CBD-infused oils for all of her practices. People love it. I don't really. I don't know. That's a very real topic. Funny that you brought that up because she has been on this track for six months, and her sales have gone through the roof on product side by merely mentioning the CBD impacts of what can it do for their business. So we can talk about mine or or hers is more. You just went down a path that I want to go down. But first, before we do, who are you, Tim? Why don't you tell the audience who you are, what you do? Sure. CEO of People Lift. We are an organization that is founded on the three tiers of your employee Lifting experience. Lifting people in very high in the air. Exactly. That's Throwing right. people straight up and just good luck on your way back down. <laughs> now, the first person who ever heard the name was like, so this is People Uber. And it didn't, it didn't register for me. I was like, what are you talking about? They're like, well, Lyft, Uber. It's like, oh, wow, I'm going to get sued before I even do this whole thing. So it's L-I-F-T, not L-Y-F-T. Uh, just, for, just so we put it out there for all those attorneys out there looking to make a quick book. I'm not big enough to be on your radar, Lyft. I promise you that. Uh, so what we do is our three tiers of our employee experience build. So what that means is from brand unaware, which is your town attraction and process and recruiting, as Mm -hmm. it's called, your second tier is your onboarding employee experience, focusing on keeping the best people here in these organizations by 
interesting data that's available to us now. And then the third bit is knowledge transfer in your exit. Because 20 years ago, we'd get a gold watch, a pension, and a, and a handshake as you're walking out the door for a great career. Yeah. Now you're going to change jobs on average 10 times before you walk out. 10 times. And it's going to increase more and the more we grow. And uh, that's if you're Gen X. If you're a millennial, exactly. it's like double that. Oh, it's even that. Yeah, I, I actually, the funny, th funny thing that we talk about now is you're going to replace your staff every three years, okay, which is mind-boggling mm -hmm. for most people. And three years is if you're doing things the right way. Yeah. If you're doing things poorly, it could be every 12 months. So our, our entire business case is trying to create a better future of work through people uh, okay. by empowering business owners with these tools, processes, and technologies that can really shape how your uh, business is going to grow in the future. Nice. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So what's... Very, very what professional start to this, yeah, right? Yeah, I like that. What really matters, though, can you get... Can you get a brother a job? That's yeah. first thing. First thing everybody asked me for is to get a job. <laughs> and so what, what can we do to get, get a? Yeah, and the answer is yes. We could talk about All that. Right. But, but the interesting part is that I think that's one of the first questions I like to challenge. It's like, do you want a job or do you want something that's fulfilling? There you go. And do you want instead of some folks, some folks ask me, okay, what's your pricing? It's like, well, we don't talk about price. We talk about value. Mm -hmm. And we're reframing these conversations consistently because at this point, people have more options than they've ever had. You know, I'm a, I'm a product of the recession. So I grew up when there was no jobs and it was really just this weird, hyper-competitive time to just get something done, get a job, do anything. And it's a really fascinating experience now to see it, you know, not too long ago, in my mind, you know, recession for some folks may be it a wasn't, long time. Yeah, ago. it wasn't that long ago. 2007, 2008, mm -hmm. so we're on 12 Which, by years by the way, now. I mean, our recessions are, let's, let's be honest, our recession, I mean, yes, it sucked for yeah. those of us that, that went through that, but... It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't a depression. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Are we that soft? Yeah, but when, when, when you're dealing with a quarter of the workforce, like measured unemployed, which is measured, measured. Yes. Yeah. That whole, like, yeah, this whole unemployment, we can, that's a whole two hour discussion mm -hmm. right there. Uh, but we talk about a quarter of the workforce unemployed where pe peeling potatoes was a paid job because that was what they had to pay people to do because they couldn't find enough yeah. digging ditches, yep. you know, if you will. I think we're doing better than that. But I think so. I think we're okay. But what was interesting through that process, it was I realized how difficult it would be even if you had all the right check boxes to get a job. And yeah. then now with folks, now it's trying to find something that best aligns with them. Because in the end, that's what I'm here to do is not necessarily just to obviously make money. Great being part of it. But I genuinely want to make a positive impact in this world. And I found that Work is the best place to do that because you impact not only their personal, their professional, but then every other part of their life that goes along with it. You know, the dominoes from your friends and your family, your colleagues. So, but go back to it, man. PeopleLift.com and we'll, we'll get you a job. So, no so tell me, <laughs> um, what made you venture into entrepreneurship? So it was actually an interesting story. So I for like me, interesting, interesting stories. stories. Like now yeah. a caveat this: if it's not interesting, we'll just go ahead and cut it right <laughs> here. Know, it's like, <laughs> if it's not interesting, lie. No. <laughs> so I was laid off six weeks before my wedding. Mm -hmm. So this, so the, the, that is the, 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 the line. Boom. Why'd you bid, build it? Because out of pure necessity. And the hardest conversation I've had to have in my life uh, was I came home from my wife, who's known me only as a successful business person, to come home and say, oh, by the way, we may not be able to go on our honeymoon because I don't have a job. I don't have mm. funds that are coming through. Mm. And that, out of necessity, build was where we were going. I've been toying around with this idea for a few years. Mm -hmm. I, it really had the practices, but 
you get kind of lulled into complacency when you're doing okay. And by okay, I mean doing really well in the concept of you have money to, in the bank, you have food on the table, you have friends, you have this, the social outside that it allows you to have a, a good time with your life. But at the same time, I realized so quickly, especially so, so, in big, big, big corporations, you are, you are a number to them through and through. It doesn't matter when and where. So you wanted, I mean, prior to that happening, sure. you wanted entrepreneurship, right? This yes. is, that's something you wanted, right? Absolutely. For me, it's always been part, I've been hardwired in. I don't fit in boxes all that well, mm -hmm. man. I'll be upfront with you. Every time I feel like one that's closing around me, I get a little bit anxious about it. And corporate America does a really good job of sticking you in a box. Absolutely. And it was inevitably going to happen. But the accelerator was, wife use you mm -hmm. as this. Yes. And then now you are this. What changed in one conversation? I love that, Tim. Yeah. I do. And, and, and here's why I feel that it's so critical that people listen to that because there's someone out there that's having that experience right now. And they've been putting that energy out, right? They've been putting that energy. And what I mean by that is they're in their gig, yep. but they're not happy in their gig. Maybe they're making good money and yep. taking care of their family and they're not happy in the gig. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to be an entrepreneur, entrepreneur so bad. I just want to, I want to do this. I don't want to do this. And, and then all of a sudden they get pushed into it because yeah. the universe says, you know what? Dude, this is what you want, so yep. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> and then, and then um, you're thrust, it's thrust upon you, and you got to figure out what the hell you're going to do. I love it because yeah. I think that that's the push that a lot of us need. So someone out there, they got that push this week, Tim. Yeah, exactly. They got that push this week or they got that push last week. When you're listening to this, what the hell are you going to do? Okay. Are you going to tuck your tail and then you go find another gig? Or are you going to do what you've dreamt of doing mm -hmm. and what you put out there to happen to you, and guess what? It happened to you. Now you're out. Go get a job. Are you gonna go get a job? Or are you gonna go ahead and, and start that business that you wanted to start and give it a shot? So I love your story. I think there's so many people that can identify with yeah. that. And, and then it, it was immediately successful, right? Next thing, the very next day, very you next you've day. got a you got a contract for a million bucks, exactly, right? Exactly. You know, <laughs> I just as we were walking in today. No, I mean the the beautiful part about this is that I experienced such a, an unusual start. Because it was, again, born out of necessity. But what was really interesting is that I hat in hand went to everybody in the market that I knew and said, what should I do and what should I not do? So gathering some information, which is important. But what I found really quickly is that people were so willing to help and they started opening doors that I never thought were really? open. It was really interesting because I approached it not from this super confident way of like, here, I'm building a business. It was actually out of pure fear of, I think my life is really hitting a major struggle right now. I need help. And this is something that I really put out there was, I am not trying to take anything from you except for information and knowledge of what not to do. I'm building something in my brain. I've got it on paper, but I'm afraid right now. And I need to, I need to really find something that's going to stick quickly because I could be in a really tight spot family-wise. And again, this the whole getting married, everything is great, and then you come back and oh great, your life is not what you expect it to be. But here we are. We're we're, we're celebrating anniversaries. We're looking at expanding the business. So the ups and downs. I, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find these struggles. You're gonna find reasons to kind of tap out or go back into what's comfortable for you. But for anybody that is listening out there, especially on this kind of story, I have found more freedom in this day to day struggle than I had in any comfort within corporate America, just because I learned what, one, what I'm capable of every day. And then it's a little bit more. Mm -hmm. It's almost like in a workout, you hit a plateau, you push yourself, you change your routine, you find some additional growth. 
That's what it is every single day as an entrepreneur. So here's what I found really unique about what you said and um, is really resonating with me. A lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of us, when we venture out into entrepreneurship, we think that we're going to have this tremendous support from old peers, colleagues, friends. And so we start counting the money beforehand. We've all done it. I know there's someone that's listening like, oh my God, yes. So I'm shaking my we, head because I did the same we thing. We go into <laughs> entrepreneurship and we're like, okay, well, I know this person and they're going to give me this business. And, we, and, it was, and then we find out that none of that stuff happens. Yep. What I loved about what you just said and how you approached it is that you leveraged those relationships more for information for one. And you went at it from a different angle. Like you really went, you really used a personal angle, which yeah. I think is something that we can all learn from because whether it is um, like you were doing and, and, and trying to get your business started, or if you're a salesperson or whatever, you're trying to trying to forge a business relationship. I mean, the best business relationships have a kind of a personal foundation there. So you got a little bit vulnerable. Yeah. You were vulnerable with them, which is what we don't want to do, especially when we come from corporate. Yeah. We're like, okay, I'm, well, I'm successful and I don't want to ask you because you know, I'm a success. I don't want, I don't want to look like I'm weak or soft. Mm-hmm. And you said, Hey, no, look, um, I need your help. Yeah. I'm struggling. I love that. So you hit, the, you hit so many things right there, especially from the corporate perspective, you know, weakness is opportunity for somebody else. So you never share it, mm-hmm. which means you're inherently lying to everybody every single day in this space. So it ends up just being this 3d chess game every single day, which to me, this is one of the reasons why I, I, found more success outside of it. You know, we had a really great track, you know, in that, in that career, but what's been phenomenal for me is just every day you get the same version of me. I told this, I told this on the first date to my wife. I tell it to anybody you're a client with, you're going to get every version of me. But as long as we're fundamentally aligned with where we're trying to go, then we're going to be in a good spot because Mm -hmm. I'm genuinely trying to do good for this world. And if you're not, then we're probably not going to have a nice intersection or nice relationship. But, but yeah, man, it was a, it was something I would say I was actually coached against that. I, I mean, add a little layer. When I came at it from a personal and a vulnerable perspective, folks were telling me early on, it's like, hey, you should probably not tell them that you went through this mm-hmm. or no, you should not, you should withhold this information. Now, advice is, you know, is what it is. You can take it or leave it. But my, uh, my big thing was, I'm just going to be me from day one. You know what I the one luxury that I get Tim and sitting down with with cool guys like you and and the, the the great people that I've had on the pod like um Randy and 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 Nick and Stormy and all these great people is that I, I what I've learned is that a lot of strength and a lot of success comes from being vulnerable like you know I think all of that hubris and that Ego just doesn't serve us well as we're trying to create and start businesses. And, you know, like you said, I think people want to help. Like, literally, like I, I can tell you, I want to help. And be prior to, to hopping on, on the air here, I shared a story with you of someone that I'm consulting. And I don't know that I want to help them. I don't know that, I'm in, that they're in the best position for me to be able to help them right now. But I genuinely want to help this, this person with their business. And I think that a lot of us out there are like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're starting a business, keep this in mind, people like you're not a threat. So it, sometimes people don't want to help because they feel like maybe you're a threat to them. Well, you're not a threat. So most people are probably still going <laughs> to 
want to help you. Yeah. What do you think, Tim? What a, what a concept. Yeah, right. That we're all struggling together and we're all just figuring it out together. Like what a, what a, what a concept right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the things that always drove me insane about the leadership groups, especially within, um, within corporate America was this idea that certain people had it more figured out than others. No, we, we really don't. Mm-hmm. There's, there's certain peaks that have more experience, but the figuring out part is definitely short. <laughs> you know what? It's funny when you say that because, uh, the more you get to know people, the more you figure out that they're not necessarily what you thought they yeah. were. They don't know as much as you <laughs> exactly. thought they did. So hey, um, let's let's take a little a little turn. We're gonna twist it just real quick. I want to ask you because I want to get to know Tim Visconti. I mean, other than being the Italian um, tomato <laughs> magnet. Um, <laughs> What do you do? What do you do for fun, man? Tell the people who you are. What do you do for fun? All right. So what I do for fun, you know, I love building businesses, the first, first person foremost. But for me, it revolves around mental, physical, and spiritual health. So for me, in order to grab mental health, it is exercise. It is community. And it is being around people that genuinely lift me and lift those around me. We could talk about noise here. And I consider people can be part of that noise structure as well. So that from that aspect, from the physical part, have to be out and walking around with my pup, doing as much traveling as I can. I've got a beautiful golden retriever at home. So she's my, uh, she's my outlet. She's my, uh, my, my therapy in a lot of ways. But then from a spiritual standpoint as well, it's just connecting with as many things that keep me grounded. Talk, talk to, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Cause I think that's, that's something that I don't, I don't want to say it's taboo. I don't think it's taboo because people don't talk about it very much. You yeah. know, why are we here, I, I did, man? I didn't hear. <laughs> I, I haven't heard any. I haven't seen any Gary V videos come across my Instagram feed where he's talking about spirituality. <laughs> so talk to me about that. What does that mean to you? Uh, well, first, I'm a subscriber to Gary V, and I and I see all of his stuff. And you're absolutely right because. Again, there's a line that you don't want to don't want to cross for a mm-hmm. lot of things. So I will oh, be I'm a, a habitual line crosser. Yeah. So here we go. So so I started off. Uh, I grew up Catholic. Mm-hmm. Swung the complete opposite way in my mm-hmm. early 20s. Just completely disconnected from all of those. And what brought me back to my spiritual center was realizing very quickly how out of control I am with everything else, except for how I react to situations. And that journey sent me down a path of just asking how much better off I am trying to figure out everything alone or being able to put off some of that weight and trying to solve the big question. What is our purpose? What are we all here for? And then I meet my wife who is this absolute, you know, almost Buddhist level calm with everything she does in, in her life. Everything seems to make sense. And she's got an incredibly strong spiritual founding. And it was, okay, well, maybe I can just learn by proxy. Maybe I'll just absorb some of her positive energy. Well, you don't just absorb that. You have to live it. And that was something that she really brought day to day. And you'll hear me talk about this. Without that woman, like, I'm not here having this conversation with you. I'm off on a whole different path because she helped open up the possibility that I've just been wrong about so many things. Mm -hmm. And it's my own ego. It's my own ignorance that was causing that block. But from a spirituality standpoint, whether that is a spirituality in a deity or within yourself or however you want to view that, folks I've found, by and large, don't want to talk about it because the unknown scares the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. For me, that is my every single day as an entrepreneur. Yes. So if, I'm, if I don't have some stability and some core to go back to, then my entire life is spinning out of control. So that was something for me that was like, 
all right, let's let's put a let's put a clamp on how much madness is going on. And then through that, I found a lot of balance and a lot of you know perseverance I never knew that I had based off of just trying not to carry everything. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Um, I, so I don't look at that the way that many people out there will look at it. This is not a taboo subject to me. This is something that is one hundred percent part of the formula. You can't make cookies without flour. Well, I guess you can. Those are paleo cookies, right? Mm -hmm. But paleo cookies just aren't as good as normal cookies. <laughs> exactly. Right? What, anyway, are you what are you eating? <laughs> so, so the point that I'm making in that is that spirituality is not, I don't define that as religion of any sort. Sure. It's Whatever your spirit, spirituality is to you is what it is. I, whether it's a religious spirituality or it's, belief in self, nature, whatever. The point that I want to make very clear is that you have to have something that brings balance yep. in your life, exactly. something that brings balance in your life and something that helps to, to um, give, you, give you purpose and center you, right? And sure. so that's what spirituality is. So for me, not really much of a religious guy, but I do subscribe to meditation. I really believe in, in, in the and the use of that and other tools to really kind of bring yourself back to the basics, bring yourself back, back to nature to, again, to, to center yourself. And I think that's what these different forms of spirituality do for people. So where I say that it's not um, taboo, it's not taboo at all to me. Like I, I, it's, it's, it's part of what you need to accept and what you need to do if you're going to be healthy yeah. and successful. It's just like working out. Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to go to the gym and, and, and you're doing that to keep your body healthy, well, mm -hmm. there's this whole part, other part of us that we, we neglect and it's our brain, it's our exactly. mental health and our, and that's what we need to maintain mental health. You know, I recently did a piece of content about, um, football, it's football season, right? And concussions. And we talk about concussions. Well, that's a big deal. You got Will Smith making movies about it, saying, tell the truth. You remember that one? <laughs> tell, tell the truth. Love that movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it was, I mean, you hit, you hit a big one right there. How does football work with this huge challenge? But continue. So so here's the thing. Um, we're talking about concussions, and it's a big deal. What's going on, Brian? Hey, how are you? See, this is what we do at Business and Bourbon. It's like we're amongst friends. I want you guys to know that you are amongst friends. You're sitting down here with me and Tim. We're enjoying drinks and enjoying the wonderful folks that are part of the team here at King and Duke. And uh, yeah, you can pop in. Anyway, back to I digress. <laughs> back to what I was saying. So back to football. It's football season. Concussions are a big deal. And they should be, mm -hmm. right? They should be. These brain trauma is a serious, serious thing. But you know what? We put ourselves through brain trauma every single day. Yep. Every single day. You're out there, you're an entrepreneur, you're a business professional, mm -hmm. and the stress that we're constantly under, what are we doing? What are, what are people, what, what, I mean, the NFL players, they got Will Smith movies. Mm -hmm. There's nobody making movies for entrepreneurs saying, hey, look, tell the truth. <laughs> Where's our Will Smith? Yeah, exactly. So you, if you want, let's look I'm at your from, Will Smith. There you go. There we go. <laughs> I'm sitting at the table. Here we go. Um, you hit something, two parts that are kind of tangential in a way, is that 
the journey towards be, be, being the best version of myself started with that understanding that it was mental, physical, and spiritual. So mm-hmm. I, I have to keep each of those healthy. But the initial curiosity started when I was studying CEO behavior, when I was focusing on the executive coaching part of my job. And some of the most alarming statistics are out there in terms of average amount of sleep a CEO has per night, the amount of medications they take per day, the type of routine they have to do. A lot of these routines are built to just survive. It's not thrive, but it is survive yes. the amount of days of the pressure you have day to day. So it's an upper in the morning and to keep you focused, it's something to put you to sleep mm-hmm. at night. So you're in this constant cycle of never really being who you are. You're in this kind of almost haze on the back and forth. And that's where it really became powerful for me was saying, do I really want to do this? Like, do I really want to have that much on, on my plate day to day? But what that forced me to do and what jumping off, you know, or more push being pushed off the ledge, if you will, was that there is, you can find some balance in here. And it is going, but it is a conscious effort to recognize every part of your core. And if you miss, if you miss the spiritual aspect, you're missing what most CEOs embrace in some way. Like you mentioned meditation is an absolutely a huge one. All right. Yeah. Jack Dorsey over at Twitter and Square, two-time CEO. He has retreats where he will disconnect himself completely from the phone and meditate for hours and hours on end. Okay. I'm not saying he's a spiritual person. I don't know too much about him other from that aspect, but what is he doing? He's actually saving his brain because the dopamine hits we get day to day from this phone. I'm getting a call right now, just like you're seeing. We're going to get hit with 160 different emails a day. We're going to spend seven and a half to eight hours of screen time because the amount of things that we're doing. These are, these are uh, systems and technologies that are introduced to your brain that we've never had to evolve with. Mm -hmm. We don't know what's happening right now. So in order to bring us back to center, that's where it all came from. It was just a, an acknowledgement of what is. I am not going to be able to build a business without a phone. Not today. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to business build a build a business without having a whole bunch of input that can be considered noise or distracting input, if you will. So how do you reprogram yourself every morning to get to that place? And that starts with that routine, that spiritual, mental, physical. So the great that you brought that back because that to me is. I could talk about that for days. Tell the truth, Tim. Exactly. Tell the truth. The truth Love is, it. The truth is, is that we just we need to get rid of these things. So, and like you said, but those things aren't going anywhere. No, they're only so, going to get worse. So um, we, we have to take care of ourselves. It's just like, again, using the, talking about the gym, talking about working out. Like, why do we have to work out, mm-hmm. Tim? We have to work out because we live sedentary lives. Exactly. Because we sit in offices. We're not side. chasing deer. Right? Yeah. Um, so we've adjusted. Exactly. We've evolved, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, then you're probably going to die of a heart attack at 52. Yep. It's the same thing mm-hmm. with mental health. We've got all of these, technology has, has just taken this massive leap over the last mm-hmm. 10, 15 years. You talk about the phones and the dopamine hit and all that sort of thing. We have, you have to do something to get yourself right. Because yep. if you don't, I'm telling you right now, like forget concussions in the NFL, like yep. what's happening and what's going to be happening in the coming decades with, with, I'm not even talking about executives. I'm just talking about all of you business professionals that are out there listening to this, this show and watching our content, watching, the, watching this podcast. All of you, this is going to affect you. Exactly. It's going to affect your cognitive abilities. As, as you start to get, or it's going to cause, I mean, we know, we know the things that's already been proven to cause, you know, the stresses and, and this dopamine, these dopamine, hit, the dopamine hit, it's part of 
creating more anxiety and more stress in, in your bodies, yep. which lead to heart attacks, which lead to um, aneurysms, which lead to all the substance abuse. We got to oh, throw it out there. there like, hey, throw it out because, it. because what a lot of folks react to a stimuli in that way is some form of hiding mechanism. Yeah. So it's hiding behind a drink or more than a drink. Yes. Hiding behind some form of substance that allows you to do this. I just mentioned that the average CEO takes two different types of medications a day. Are we getting that actual version of CEO or the, the version that the drugs allow them to be? This is a very real problem that you have but to deal Tim, with. But Tim, those are that's okay because it's prescribed exactly, drugs. Exactly, right? It's fine. Yeah, going back to CBD, let's all right. We could, we could talk about that one for hours. But the, the idea being for me is most advice that I've seen that is coming from, and I'll go ahead and point at Jack Welsh on this end, is not necessarily relevant today. Mm -hmm. And that Jack Welsh was the guy yeah. for decades. But the reality is, is that a lot of those strategies and a lot of those personnel look, things were really harmful to people long term. There's a very select people that can, that can survive in that kind of mechanism, that kind of stress. Most of us can't, and that's okay. I'm one of them. I can't handle that. If I don't, so my personal thing, here's a plug, Orange Theory. If I don't get my hour at Orange Theory every single day, I'm a fundamentally different person. That's just the truth. I mean, you work out a consistent bit. I don't know. I'm sure you feel it. If you don't work out for a couple of days, you feel different. So there's a lot of things that go into that. That's a great point that you make. That you make. I'm no Jack Welch, but I will tell you that um, for a very, very long time, I um, attributed, and I still do, attribute a lot of my business success that I've had to, to my ability to be able to process stress. Sure. Um, but even for someone that has superhuman ability to process this stuff, we can only do it for so long. There you go. And, you know, for me personally, I hit my wall. I hit it and I've, I've hit it multiple times mm -hmm. and that is why I do what I do. Like I've been training physically for 20 years. Yeah. The mental training is something that I've really tried to, to, to bring more focus to more in recent years because mm -hmm. the physical training wasn't enough because we're taught that to be a high performer, go the physical training gives you an outlet yep. for your stress. Exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. And it does. And it's wonderful for it until your stress reaches <laughs> levels where it can't. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's where you need to really focus on, if you actually get ahead of the game, really focus on that mental health and taking care of the brain yeah. prior to that. So do you have a routine? Absolutely. Tell me yeah, about yeah. it. And, and to go back to one comment you just mentioned, I'll jump right into the routine. I am so glad that society now is opening itself up to talking about mental health in a lot of different ways. We need to amplify it. We need to capture that momentum behind it because it, it affects every part of your being. Mm -hmm. And there's such there's a there's a level of understanding that we are just starting to scratch the surface of on just how out of control we are and how we process our own our own stress. So your superhuman ability, there could be someone with loads of potential that has very limited ability to do this. Should mm -hmm. that person not have access to live a life and pursue their dreams because they can't handle non-evolutionary stress like Great point. this is outside of evolution this is introduced and we are now subject to the petri dish of this, this world. as he's holding up his phone my yes. phone yeah here we go i'm talking now, i'm on top on tv time but we're talking on podcast bad radio yeah, Tim. Bad radio. that's here okay i'm the bad radio king <laughs> trust me <laughs> uh, so for my routine it starts off very simple um i about five ish i get a kick 
and that kick is you've rolled over, you've hit your alarm three times. I am the worst person. <laughs> Zero to one step is my battle every single day. All mm-hmm. right. But once I get to one step, I'm good to go. So it's usually the dog and or the wife saying, get the hell up and get going with your life as you go. But it starts off with about a 45 minute walk slash jog with the pup where I've got positive affirmation podcasts that are running through. Nice. I am starting my Business day. And bourbon. Exactly. Yes. Here yeah. we go. You know, I listened to your episode when you were talking about your wife for a bit. When you were talking about how she helped support you, that was at five o'clock in the morning. Whether yeah. So that was a really good way to start the day. But the, so you have about that about 45 minutes and you come back and then it is shake meditation, orange theory. So I get the heart rate up, spike it up. I spring it back down to calm myself and get myself focused on the two or three things I want to really hammer out that day. And then I go work out every bit of that pre-stress that I have with an orange theory. Again, some, it's a really expensive program. Some folks can just do it with a, a jog, a row, whatever it may be. But that hour is my only hour of the day where it's me. It is me against myself. When everything else is focused on the dog or focused on the business or taking care of the wife or, or taking care of me, whatever it may be, that's my time. So before 8 o'clock. I've typically burned right around 1,000 calories. I've listened to two to three podcasts, ingested about four to five different positive articles. So I've got loads of positivity loaded up in my quiver to go take on the day and just get beat up from all the negative noise that's going to be coming your way. I love that. If you guys, okay, we've said a lot. Yeah. And if you don't remember anything or think that anything else that I said earlier was just total bullshit, I want that to resonate with Tim just said. Start with a cadence. Start with a rhythm of positivity Mm -hmm. and let that flow into the rest of your day. If you are rolling your ass out of bed late, hopping in traffic, headed to the office, you're behind, you're getting to the office, you're all frazzled, your day will be frazzled. It just cascades downward from Mm -hmm. there. Get a cadence. If If you need someone to kick you out of bed, find somebody to kick you out of bed. Exactly. It's not that hard. Use uh, what's that 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 um, app um, where you swipe left, swipe right? I don't know. I'm married, but you know what? You, you're asking, is, are you talking about Tinder over here? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. a, somebody. And hey, now I'm hey, busted. I don't want a relationship. <laughs> I just want you to kick me out of bed. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? MIT solved that. They have alarm clock that runs away from you. It's a it's an actual robot that will what? pick it itself up like a Roomba, go to the other side of the room, and then blast three times as loud. I love that. Yeah. It's who oh, does it? Where, who? I couldn't tell you the product who actually the company developed it. It was developed in MIT oh, as, nice. as a uh, as oh, was one of those before Y incubators. This is about a decade ago, so they okay. have them. But reality is, is that most people just roll right through them anyway. I can't. I personally, again, zero to one is my hardest step of the day. After that, everything else is easy. so understand. And I think that's another lesson. Just understand who you are. All right, be honest with who you are and what it's whatever it's going to take to get you into a rhythm to get you yeah. get your ass out of bed exactly and put things in place to make it happen mm-hmm. and you'll thank yourself for it um, you'll be much more productive you'll be much more successful and you'll be happier yeah. i mean at the end of the day that's what it's everything we talk about is we talk about business and <coughs> whatever else that comes with that it, it's it's all about the pursuit of happiness. Another Will Smith. There you go, man. Well, I'm You're just on get some double plug on this one. I like that. Will Smith, <laughs> hit your boy up. Call me Will. All right. Anyway, um, so I want to bring it home. Yep. And first of all, Tim, just dropping fire, dude. Fire. Amazing, amazing uh, discussion we've yep. had, and I appreciate that. So I like to ask everyone as we start to wrap it up yep. if before we do that, 
I'd like to talk. I, I want to ask you about your hip hop, man. Yeah. Who are you? You're a Dre guy? I'm a Dr. Dre guy. Okay. All right. So it's interesting that you, you mentioned that because I, I, I spent more time on that. Well, you asked me this question before. I spent more time <laughs> on this one. I was like, how am I going to get grilled here? Because I've always liked the mash, the mixed mashup. So I grew up. I was introduced to Dr. Dre at a corn concert, believe it or not. <laughs> so I'm sitting here doing, working out my teenage angst, yes. you know, doing all of the goth Your things rap, as exact yeah. rock rock on, and I had never been introduced. And then I then it just Where changed. Where the hell have you been? Where, exactly. Like, if there's a rock, I've crawled underneath it for most Apparently. of my life when it comes to music. <laughs> let's just be upfront. But then after that, it was like a domino effect. And then right when Chronic 2000 came out, I was like, okay, my life is completes now because i have a baseline and then now all i've been doing is listening to everything previously to that oh my god so, so this oh. is a fascinating little journey backwards yes you are talking about this soundtrack to my life and i just can't believe that you got into it late late come on the chronic i know everyone listening right now they're like tim i know i have never been <laughs> like, cool a day in my life chronic. i'll let you know when that happens by the way oh. and oh gosh Every single NWA track, the Chronic, Doggy Style, all mm -hmm. the whole Death Roll. Okay. Well, so you have to understand. So let me give you a little bit of a preview mm -hmm. on this one. The reason, reason why. You grew up in a commune. Eh, you can basically call it that. Okay. So it is, I heard Smells Like Teen Spirit from Nirvana. came out yes. in 1991. One. Yeah. I heard it in 2002 for the first time. Yes. Uh, bad radio again, but yes. my jaw is literally dropped. Yes. So, and this is, again, my, my parents grew up in a world yeah. where everything was very controlled. Oh, gotcha. Like this, we, okay. We're, we're going to control every input because heaven forbid you're going to get snatched up and there's no way you're going to survive till your teens if we don't have our hands wrapped around every part of your life. And then when I started, finally started like breaking away in my own small little ways, it was introductions to all of these things yeah i had hadn't heard stairway to heaven until i was 15 years old wow like all of these like so i was brought into music really late so what was really interesting was like almost like the accordion effect like i would brought right back to center where all i did was focus on everything that i oh missed. yeah you, yeah okay and it was but yeah. when i heard the first couple of chords of smells like teen spirit it's like what is that and you're Classic. like that's, that's kurt cobain point. you're like oh what's he doing oh he's dead <laughs> i'm like What's going on here? <laughs> like, what? And, and if I would, that is my life in a rinse and repeat cycle for most pop culture things out there. Okay, cool. So I know that I will win the Jeopardy pop culture oh, uh, categories all if, day. if you and I are com competing. No, okay. this is why I don't do those because it's so bad. <laughs> They're like, what television did you show? Did you watch on Nick at, Nick at Night, Nickelodeon? I'm like, what is Nickelodeon? <laughs> it was nice. such a, it, it's an interesting thing. And I'm, yeah. All right. So now I know a whole lot about you. All right. So again, right let's there. wrap this bad boy yeah. up. We dropped a ton of fire. I want you to leave them with one golden nugget. Um, we've got a lot of younger people that listen yeah. to the listen to the show. I've got kids that are Gen Z, yeah. and they're they'll be headed to college soon. And those mm -hmm. people, uh, those kids, they're going to be in the workforce. Mm -hmm. I want you to go back like 10, 15 years. Mm-hmm. What are you, actually like what five years? Like twenty three? I'm just kidding. You're not gonna, what, I'll take it, man. Yeah, I'll take it too. The aging cream's working <laughs> right there. <laughs> um, I need some advice for these guys. If you were to go back and you're talking to yourself, ten, yeah. fifteen years ago, you're about to embark on this journey. 
of entrepreneurship of the, in, in the business world, what are you telling yourself? Patience with your growth story, but impatience with the noise in your life. And what I mean by that is accepting that growth is not linear and it is not predictable. You will grow more in certain years and less in certain years. You'll have good days and you'll have bad days, but you do control your input. And what I mean by noise, that could be people. It could be your phone. It could be technology. It could be anything outside that is pulling you away from your better self. I let noise really cloud my, my vision and it cloud my life for many years longer than I, than I really needed to. So if you, were, if you have that ability, that awareness early in your life to say, I've got all these aggressive goals. I run at it. I, if you want to talk about that, that is myself. I looked at a 12-month career path as 11 months too long. But what I kept really bad influences in my life for longer than I should have. And that would be the biggest thing. Because you're going to go through a split in your life when you graduate. You're jumping into your first job. Because now you're getting introduced to a whole new ecosystem of people and a whole new different level of influences. Find those ones that are positively trying to bring your life up. Because more than likely, there's a lot of influences in your life that are going to try to bring you down on that journey. And really having that shield ready to keep them outside your life is a huge tool that I wish I had early in my life. Fantastic. Mic drop on that one. Nothing else to say. Fantastic. I appreciate it, Tim. Thank you for being part of the podcast. Now, it's time to end. And when we end, we end in one way. One way we've been ended every single podcast with a nice, strong we out. We got it on three. You ready, Tim? Mm -hmm. Let's do it. One, two, three. We out. Thank you for listening to the Business and Bourbon Podcast. Please subscribe. And if you like us, give us a five-star rating. If you don't, uh, have another drink. Maybe you'll feel a little bit differently. If you'd like to check out our videos, you can go to businessandbourbon.tv. That's businessandbourbon.tv. In addition to that, we're currently touring the United States with our Business and Bourbon Live show. It's a fantastic show where we do a whiskey education and we do some Q&A and it's a great networking event as well. So if you'd like to attend one of our Business and Bourbon Live events, you can go to businessandbourbon.live. Again, that's businessandbourbon.live. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you the next time.